With your host, Andrew Donaldson, this is Heard Tell. Uh, welcome to Heard Tell. We are back with our boy Roy. That's not me saying that. That's actually his Twitter handle because he's just funny like that. Roy Matthews is back on the program. Been a minute since we talked to him. Uh, he does public policy for the uh, Alliance for Innovation and Infrastructure, but we're going to talk a little foreign policy today. Roy, how you been, my friend? I've been pretty good. How about yourself? Uh, thrilled to see you again. Uh, okay. I love going. I love foreign policy. We're kind of in an isolation in this face in America. Let's just be honest. America's not really paying attention overseas unless it was Afghanistan. They've kind of paid attention to Ukraine a little better, I think, than some other things, but that's kind of waning. So why in the world do we need to pay attention to Kazakhstan all of a sudden? Well, most Americans don't know anything about Kazakhstan except for the Sasha Bowen Bowen Cohen character, uh, Borat. But Kazakhstan is actually a pretty important country, both geostrategically and for um, energy resources. Uh, Kazakhstan uh, exports, I think 80% of their exports are oil and natural gas. Uh, A lot of it used to go through Russia. But in recent time, there has been a lot of instability within the Kazakh regime. And the new president of Kazakhstan, um, Kasim Jomar Tokayev, has actually um, thumbed his nose publicly at the Russians. And in doing so, has um, encountered some difficulty with exporting that oil and gas um, to Europe. So there is a good opportunity here for the U.S. or other Western countries to both um, peel away what has been a very historically Russian ally and also uh, counteract Chinese investment for their Belt and Road initiatives. That that is a proposal to flood markets with Chinese products and allow the Chinese government to buy up strips of land and portions of uh, geostrategic areas that they feel uh, would benefit their military. Now, so let's back up and make sure because people probably aren't real familiar with it. So let's just make sure everybody's on the same page. This is, of course, they were dominated by the Soviets like everybody else in that region for many, many decades. Their relationship has been pretty Moscow centric uh, over the last little bit. But then we had this meeting. Uh, he actually, you're not overstating it. He, This is in public. This was at a meeting in Europe. And he told him, he's like, we're not going to recognize Donetsk and Los, the breakaway regions in uh, Ukraine that Russia is finagling and frankly lying about to try to make them their own country so they can annex them, take them over, dominate them. This was a really big deal. And it didn't seem to get a lot of press, especially in Western media. That's right. It's a pretty unprecedented for a Kazakh president or Kazakh leader to go on stage with a Russian president and tell him to his face that we are not going to recognize recognize the breakaway so-called republics of Luhansk and Donetsk, and also that they were not going to provide any military aid um, to the Ukraine war. And that has set off a lot of alarm bells within the Russian regime. Russian state media has been going on these tirades and threatening um, Kazakh over their Kazakhstan over their lack of support. And there have been several instances of Russian courts and the Russian government taking uh, retaliatory measures towards the Kazakh government for Tokayev's um, what they call ingratitude. 
Yeah. So who is, give us a little background on this guy, because there's some debate even within his own country of his legitimacy. Of course, Russia's all kinds of, well, you're not legitimate because now he's not playing ball with them. So take that for what that's worth. But even in his own country, you know, this isn't, this isn't a super stable guy. Is this politically calculated that he's going after Putin? Is this a matter of principle for him? Is it somewhere in the middle? Just give us some background on this guy. It's a little bit in the middle. And, you know, a big uh, objection to um, the sort of deification of Volodymyr Zelensky is that Ukraine is a very corrupt country and we don't really know sort of what um, his deal is. And it's sort of the same situation for Kazakhstan. Tokayev was the dictator's dictators Nazarbayev's longtime deputy. Nazarbayev ruled Kazakhstan from its founding in the 1990s up until just recently in 2020. So he is very, very close to the old dictatorship. Um, but he has recognized that because Russia intervened into Kazakhstan and kept him uh, as president, uh, this was in back in t- earlier this year, um, there were a couple of anti-government protests over fuel price increases, and that led to rioting and a lot of people were killed and the Russian regime had to send in um, special forces to help quell the rioting. And so a lot of the ordinary Kazakh people see Tokayev as just another Russian puppet who wasn't really elected, even though there was a snap election right after um, all this chaos died down. And so Tokayev, for him, he wants to appear legitimate because he wants to stay in power. And in order to do that, he kind of has to thumb his nose at the um, well, at his patron, Russia. And in doing so, it's opened up a couple of opportunities for China, which Kazakhstan shares an eastern border with, to sort of fill that investment gap, fulfill um, fulfill what Russia is not doing, not facilitating Kazakh exports, not investing in infrastructure and other sorts of projects. Now, let's be adults here because we understand this is a different cultural region. Like you said, he has deep ties to the old regime, so he knows he knows how the sausage is made. He knows the game. So we know uh, Lukashenko, and we know how he is. He's he's seen as a puppet, but he will also occasionally thumb his nose at Putin for the good. Uh, Erdogan in Turkey, he plays both sides against the middle. He, he just publicly kind of made Putin look bad a couple of weeks ago, and then you find out this week he's facilitating the Iran stuff under the table to help Putin out. Yep. Is it what it appears to be? Because in this region with these players, that's a fair question to always ask is, is what we're seeing when you see something that public to Vladimir Putin, is that something Putin's maybe playing along with? Because this is somebody he propped up with. Is that a concern? It is a concern. However, the actions taken by the Russian state show that Tokayev really is acting out of his own self-interest here. There was a uh, court order from a Russian federal court that halted um, oil exports through the Caspian Oil Consortium, which is this uh, oil company in Kazakhstan that exports 80% of Kazakh oil, which is a massive amount of resources. And they, they what this court did was um, issued an injunction to halt all exports for 30 days out of some quote unquote corruption allegations. Um, this obviously um, frightened Tokayev because he doesn't want to be known as the guy who just took that lying down and led to the the Kazakh economy shrinking. So he has actually directed the Kazakh state oil company, Kazmonai Gas, to start looking for alternate routes to other markets besides Russia for Kazakh gas. And it's already starting to happen. Um, Tokayev also announced that he is going to prioritize shipping more oil to Europe since Obviously, the Kazakh oil needs a market, and Russia is a direct competitor and is also under heavy sanctions that are targeting oil and gas. Um, so Tokayev really is trying to shore up his own legitimacy, and I think 
the fact that the Russians are directly targeting the Kazakh economy and Tokayev is responding is that this is these actions are um, Tokayev's actions alone. Okay, so China makes this interesting talking to our buddy Roy uh, back on her tell again. China makes this interesting for a couple reasons because, yeah, they and you know Xi and Putin are allies right now, but they're not natural allies. They're nat they're they're going to bump heads again somewhere down the road. China is showing some interest here. This is just another case along with some others where I don't think they would mind expanding business in Kazakhstan like they have some other places, even if it needles the Russians a little bit, because one is this is how they expand their power. They do it financially. And two is you explain for people that don't have a map in front of them geographically. If you're going to do a Belt and Road Initiative and you're going to link Asia and Europe, this is one of those places you just physically have to go to, right? Yes, absolutely. Um, Kazakhstan sits on the one of the ancient old Silk Road pathways, and in order for Chinese products and Chinese investment to have a, a literal roadway to Europe, you're going to need to develop Kazakh infrastructure and transportation routes. So that what the Chinese have done is they've sort of looked at Russian meddling in Kazakhstan and said, well, all right, this plays to our advantage because the Kazakhs, the at least the Kazakh elites, are looking for investments, looking for partnerships because everyone like some Chinese money nowadays. So what they have, so what the Chinese have done is they have over 700 joint ventures between Kazakh and Chinese companies as of now. And China has become uh, Kazakhstan's largest trading partner and the biggest source of foreign direct investment. But this also doesn't really sit well with the Kazakh people um, because most of Kazakhstan are ethnic Kazakhs along with some Uyghurs and other sort of Turkic steppe people, um, which are the same people that the Chinese have been imprisoning in the Western province of Xinjiang, excuse my pronunciation of that, um, which does not sit well with the Kazakh people at all. Yeah, we're gonna talk about that, the Uyghurs, how this all goes together. There's some cultural stuff going on underneath this because politics and culture, doesn't matter what culture and politics you're talking about, they're gonna to go together. Talking to our buddy, Roy Matthews, gonna take a quick break, we're gonna come back. More on Kazakhstan, a lot of cross streams here, Russia, China, and, you guessed it. There's even American oil companies involved because, of course, there is. More with Roy <laughs> Matthews right after this. Welcome back to Herd Tell. Roy Matthews is back with us on the program. Talking a little foreign policy today. Kazakhstan, we love going overseas, getting a broad perspective. Here's another one of those countries. You know, Crossroads is not putting it too fine a point on it, is it, Roy? Because we have China, we have Russia. Obviously, you have the surrounding countries. None of them are particularly stable. And the biggest private exporter of oil is Chevron. That's an American company last time I checked. Uh, what's the stability factor here for this, especially if they start doing things with the gas, oil? We know how those things go. Talk about the stability of the country, especially if they start trying to switch from Russia to China and then maybe back again when it's advantageous to the regime. Certainly. So the Kazakh elites are very much uh, interested in more Chinese investment. Uh, they understand that it's ultimately going to hit their bottom line if Tokayev decides to anger the Russians and the Russians can shut off um, pipeline routes through Russia that take their oil to market. Uh, however, the ordinary Cossacks have demonstrated, protested, and even rioted over um, additional Chinese projects in their country. Um, there were protests, obviously, over the uh, 2018 whistleblower um, that used to teach 
in the Uyghur concentration camps in China. Uh, this was a teacher who was an ethnic Kazakh who came to the press and who really sort of exposed um, the sterilization, the torture, uh, and the cultural genocide that's happening in these Chinese concentration camps. Um, and ordinary Kazakhs have um, protested against a scheme by the Kazakh government to allow Chinese investors and sometimes Chinese citizens to buy up large swaths of arable land in Kazakhstan, which is a huge issue because Kazakhstan is sits on a step. It's very dry. It's very arid. Uh, and it has a very cold winter. And so the Kazakh people worry about their own ability to provide food for themselves, whereas if the Chinese were to buy it, they're scared that the food will just be shipped to China. Yeah, and it's not just they have the largest diaspora of the Uyghurs coming out of China, both refugees and just naturally, because this is a mix of, like you said, Turkish steppe type peoples. There's a lot of different ethnic groups, even inside the ethnic groups here. Um, a bigger picture a little bit, because you have these... Look, these folks aren't dumb. They see what's going on in Sri Lanka. They see what's going on in other parts of the world with China. It's not just culturally, is it? They're worried about self-identity and national sovereignty when it comes to taking this Chinese money because everybody got a cell phone, even in Kazakhstan now, and they're saying, like, wait a minute. And it comes with stuff on the back ends if we don't make good on our part of it. No, absolutely. You couldn't have said it better. Um, and it's good that you brought up Sri Lanka because that's one of the biggest examples of the Chinese using debt traps to seize control of strategic as well as economically beneficial ports. Um, there is a port in Sri Lanka that was built completely with Chinese money, Chinese construction workers, Chinese materials. Um, and when the Sri Lankans could not pay for it, the Chinese just seized it. And now they have control of both a military base and a port. So the Kazakhs sort of look at uh, another example of um, factory relocations. Uh, the Chinese have attempted to relocate a lot of their heavy manufacturing, agricultural and industrial factories away um, from China and into Kazakhstan. And most of the Kazakhs don't want that because they see um, those bringing in a lot of um, Chinese workers. And what people need to understand is, is when China goes and invests in these places, they're not necessarily hiring the local population. Um, the Kazakhs can sort of make up support industries or have very limited roles in economies surrounding these large complexes, but it's mainly Han Chinese workers and it does, and those cultures do clash. There is a lot of historical animosity there. Um, and it makes a lot of the ordinary Kazakhs very, very nervous about, um, different Chinese investment schemes in Kazakhstan. Yeah. Roy Matthews joining us. Okay. All of that said, all that history, all that culture, all that politics we just went through, you argue in your piece, International Politics Digest, that if we had a coherent foreign policy, there would be an opening here for uh, America or maybe the broader West, maybe Europe, to get a foothold of support here. Run us down the list. Pitch it to us like you were selling it to the EU. Why should they, or America, why should they step in here and try to fill the power vacuum away from Putin and make Kazakhstan more of an ally? Well, first off, I keep going back to oil and gas. You mentioned Chevron and American oil companies. Chevron and other American oil companies have been involved in Kazakhstan since its independence in the 1990s. They know that there's massive oil and gas deposits in the country, and they've reaped enormous profit from uh, building facilities, building refineries, and facilitating the transport of those resources. The U.S. has an opportunity here to, A, make some money and promote U.S. and promote U.S. investment instead of the alternative, which is Chinese and Russian investment, and also help supply Europe, which is now being um, subject to 
Russian geostrategic pressure via their own gas deposits as a way for Europe to get uh, a good source of energy without having to go through Russia. Um, so we already have a good strategic foothold through Chevron, through all these oil and gas companies, but the Cossack leadership needs to know that there are some other party out there that would be willing to invest and develop this economy. And in terms of Chinese investment with a lot of strings attached, attached and a cultural genocide happening that will not mesh well with the local populace and Russia, which is actively attacking their economy right now, U.S. investment looks very, very appealing um, for the for Kazakhstan. But the biggest uh, barrier to that is, I have a good quote from one of the articles I cited, is um, we don't really pay attention to Central Asia. Um, one of the one of these um, articles that I cited, uh, this is an entrepreneur in Kazakhstan uh, who was looking for uh, Chinese investment for a wind energy project. And he says, you know, quote, we travel to the United States. For the ones who work hard to ensure their crew can always go the extra mile and the ones who get in early so everyone can go home on time. There's Granger, offering professional grade supplies backed by product experts so you can quickly and easily find what you need. Plus, you can count on access to a committed team ready to go the extra mile for you. Call, clickgranger.com, or just stop by. Granger, for the ones who get it done.